0: This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about money, financial freedom to be exact, and I've invited somebody on who's going to talk about a workshop. Well, actually, we're not going to talk about the workshop, but she is doing a workshop called I Am Wealthy. It is a road to financial freedom, actually the blueprint to financial freedom. Let me welcome to the show, you know her from the Godfrey Complex. Tramel. welcome. Hi. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, hey. Listen, um, the reason why I invited you on, first of all, many people don't know this, but uh, m- when I need financial advice, I go to you. When I have, like most recently I was – Um, I'm saving, like I'm saving so crazy right now. And I said to you, oh, when I get to this point, I'm just going to let the interest, uh, roll over into my account so that I could save more. And you were like, nope, don't do that.
1: Yeah. I I said, you should just take that, all that extra money. So if you are going to accrue $450 a month in interest, you need to just use that money to buy more stocks and just really build that dividend portfolio because the dividend, you know, stocks, they throw off more income. And so now your money is making more money and all your money is just working.
0: And I didn't even think about that because I was like, well, it's going to be just, my money's going to be making more money in the savings account. But you were like, but it'll make even more money in the stock account with the dividends. And then you actually broke down the math for me. So let me just say thank you. Um, I am obsessed with people becoming financially free. I'm obsessed with people becoming free, first of all. But financial freedom seems to be the great equalizer. As many people talk about education, and that's important. But if you have your own back financially, no one can do anything to you. So this I is agree. my goal. And so I'm glad. Why are you doing your um, blueprint to financial freedom that I am wealthy? Um,
1: I wanted to create an environment that wouldn't be intimidating for people. Um, if you watch TV and you see all of these great financial investment houses, uh, they'll go through their spiel, and at the end of it, they'll say, if you have $500,000 in assets and looking and are looking to invest, contact us. But it's like, everybody else, get the hell out of here. You know, we don't want anything to do with you. And you might find more reasonable, you know, investment houses and, you know, advisors, And but then their number would be $100,000. If you have $100,000 in investable assets, contact us. But what about everyone else? What about the people that are on their way to that journey or or just starting or just haven't started yet? And how intimidating an environment is that, you know, to go into somebody's office or somebody's building? And, you know, you might be living paycheck to paycheck, but you want to find your way out of your predicament. And so that's what the workshop will be. It'll be basic financial questions. If you have questions, no one's going to think you're dumb. No one's going to think anything except about answering your question and making sure that you understand it fully and putting you on the path to financial independence. So why are you
0: equipped to do this? You don't have a CPA. You're not a financial advisor. You're not registered anywhere. Why, why are you uniquely um, suited to do this?
1: Uh, growing up, I was poor. I come from a place where there was just lack, and I wanted to find my way out of it, and I did, and so I put my 10,000 10, hours in, you know, I've read countless books, and I feel like I just have so much information in me to give, to get people out of the situation that I grew up in, that I have to share it, I have to share it, and that's what, that's what that is.
0: So you grew up poor. Um, Describe, what is is that? What did that look like?
1: Okay, that looks like you have a class trip to the museum and you ask your mother for $10 so that you can buy something out of the gift shop and she has nothing for you except, oh no, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. And means it, you know, some people might say, oh, I'm broke, but they have some money, hopefully. She had nothing. I couldn't go in the couch and pull together $3. There was no money. And so that didn't feel good. You know, you try being, you know, in the third grade and everybody's going to the gift shop and buying little ornaments from the museum and you can't do anything but stand there and wish and feel, of course you feel some ways. You just feel left out, poor, and it's it's just a horrible place to go. And so ever since then, I just said, it can't be like this. This can't be the only way. I know not everyone is living this way. And so... I was determined to always have money, and I think somewhere around 12 is when I started hoarding money, you know, and um, every dime. How were you
0: able to hoard money if your mother didn't have any?
1: Well, my mother, she worked. She was a hard worker, and she would get paid, and then she would shop, and she was generous to her fault. Um, If she went shopping, I also went shopping, but what I didn't realize is that if she'd get paid on Friday, she'd be broke on Monday, basically fumes, you know, it was feast or famine, literally. And so I got wise and I said, oh, okay, well, give me the money. And I would buy some of the things that I wanted and then I would just keep the rest of the cash. And so basically every two weeks I would get money and I would not spend it. And I knew I had hit my stride with being able to save or hoard, whichever word you choose. When my grandmother came downstairs one day and she's there to borrow money from my mother, And because she lived upstairs in the building, and she said, you know, um, I need to borrow some money. And I heard the conversation, and my mother didn't have it, you know? And of course, my mother would have given it if she could, absolutely, no doubt. And she didn't have it. And so my grandmother said, oh, don't worry. And so I ran to my room, and as she's about to leave, I said, Grandma, I can lend you the money. And I handed her the $10. And she just looked at me, and she was like, oh, my. Like, thank you. I'm gonna give this back to you. I think you're gonna be a rich woman. And so that was something that she put on me and I was like, you know what, I can live up to that. I think that's something I can do. And so I just had an insatiable appetite for learning everything I could about money.
0: So most people um, inherit things from their family. You know, Mm -hmm. um, There's a study that said that poor people, they uh, pass down poverty. That's and it's right. a poverty mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Which is spend, spend, and not save, um, beg, and borrow, and not you know um, buy everything invest. you
1: want and beg for what you need. Right. That's right. And middle class people
0: pass down middle class values. I think Robert Kiyosaki deals with that in Rich Dad Poor Dad, where his uh, poor dad wasn't really poor; he was middle class, but he had certain values. But his rich dad passed along rich values that Robert Kiyosaki glommed onto. I wonder what keeps people in a poverty cycle. Like, you didn't want to be in a place where you couldn't get the things that you wanted, even as a little kid. Right. But most people follow what they're raised in, even if they are, they find it distasteful, even if they know that this is uncomfortable. They right. do it.
1: They keep following the patterns that they were raised with. Why, why, why is that? I can tell you a story. I have a friend, and she's a labor and delivery nurse. And... Um, She tells me that she delivers something like 20 babies a week and that it's an incredible, crazy, hectic environment and the mothers are stressed and they're screaming and they're in pain. And she says that they're saying all kinds of crazy stuff, but the most that she hears is, I'm not ever doing this again. This is the last time I have a baby experience this kind of pain and I'm not doing it anymore. And she said, they are so adamant and she knows that they mean it. And then a year later, sometimes two, those very same mothers are back doing it all over again. And that's because humans have the amazing ability to forget pain. And because I know firsthand that poverty is painful, I know that this is true, that we forget because after you get the relief of a paycheck or however you get money in, if you are a perpetually poor person, you forget that you couldn't pay the rent you forget that you didn't have money for car fare you forget that there was no food in the house and it just starts the cycle all over again and you you're right back there so that's it we forget and we end up just living in that moment and there's no thought of the future there's no thought of something possibly being a different way or you know or of change because you're just in that moment of getting by.
0: So you, we talk a lot about money. Um, I'm obsessed with it from not, you know, like I, I got to have money, I got to have money. But right. because life is precarious. But more importantly, you know, I, I'll often say with my particular personality, the way I earn money really is predicated upon somebody, you know, giving me a job. Right. So my, mm-hmm. my, my goal is always I need to be self-sufficient. Yes. Now, what does that mean? So you handed me this piece you you read in a blog, something from some blog called Money Boss, Mm -hmm. and it's called The Road to Financial Freedom. So I want to go over a few of these, and maybe we do this over two podcasts, but I want to cover the
1: stages to freedom. How many in total?
0: There's six. There's six in total. Six stages to freedom. Mm -hmm. And the first stage starts at stage zero. So it doesn't start at stage one. And it's kind of appropriate. And I want to go through this, these six stages. Before I do that, I want to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Harney and Sons. This is the tea company, the tea that I drink every day. Let me shout them out. Harney.com slash Karen. Harney.com slash Karen is where you get the tea. I'm actually drinking a Jamancha green tea right now, which is delicious. So check them out at Harney.com slash Karen. But before we get to the... um, Road to Financial Freedom in the six stages, we're going to cover maybe two of them today or three. We're going to cover three of the six. Actually, 7 There's stage six, but it starts with stage zero. Okay, before we get to this, um, you were telling me about a study that you read about how people learn because this is something people got to get. Mm-hmm. If the vast majority of people, 40% don't have enough to cover a $400 expense, mm-hmm. the vast majority, actually more than half of Americans have zero in a retirement savings account. Some of us are listening right now in that position.
1: Right, right. What is it
0: going to take for them to get from point point A to point B? Point B being, at the end, abundance, or at least stage five, independence. Mm -hmm. What is that going to take? And so you were talking about how we learn.
1: Well, here's the thing. When you ask a question, it's something that literally opens up the mind. Uh, if you were connected to some type of a scanner where your brain, you know, activity could be monitored, if someone were to ask you a question, your brain would just light up because your brain is looking for an answer to that question. That's its job. It is trying to find out the solution to what you want to know. And on the opposite end of that is a statement. If you make a statement, everything shuts down. So So if I say to you, you have to save your money you have to save your money. You
0: have to get a better job. You have to go here, and it's, you got to put 20% in this account. You have to do this. You have to do that. Most people are going to be like, "Yes, that makes sense," but it's not processing.
1: Right. If they get that far, if it even if it's, if it's not just totally ignored, like what, well, whatever, like the brain shuts down. There's nothing being asked of the person. There's no challenge to do something different. Uh, the way you present something will determine if. if a person can open up and be open to the idea of it.
0: All right, so I'm going to test this out Mm because I don't know how this is going to work and only you will know. So first question I'm going to ask is how much money do you need to live? Now, I think a lot has to go into that, right? Like I keep saying I'm going to live to 120 Mm because I'm putting that out into the universe. Yes. But at 120, I need to live to 120 well. Right. Which means that I don't, you know, at at some point I'm not going to be working at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be social security when I'm 120. I actually don't think there's going to be social security when I'm 70. I think it's going to be bankrupt, you know, so I'm not dependent on that. And if there is, is it going to be enough for me to live the kind of life I want to live, which is to travel the world? I want to be able to eat where I want to eat and eat how I want to eat and, and drive what I want to drive. Yes, I'm going to be driving at 100, so get the hell out the way. Hopefully I'll wear glasses then. But, you know, I want to have a certain lifestyle. So first got to determine what that looks like, right? Mm-hmm. And how much will I need every month? How do we get to that, even that space?
1: That's your number. So when you hear people say, how much do you need to retire? You have to figure out what your, what your monthly bills are. And when you're doing this number, you want to build in your entertainment at this point because this is your retirement place, right? So if you know you like to go to the movies, if you know you like to visit your grandchildren in Florida, you have to include those flight tickets however many times you want to go per year. So if your number is $2,000 a month that you need to live off of, now you have to multiply by 12. That's right? for one year. That's for one year. And that is $24,000. P- okay. Right? So now you multiply that by 25.
0: Which is the, the amount of time. What is that?
1: That's about the amount of years that you'll be in retirement. That's the amount of money that you will need to have in the bank that you'll be able to draw 3 to 4 percent of and never spend down the principal.
0: So that means I'm going to be working until I'm like 95? Not
1: necessarily. <laughs> I said I'm going to be 120, so that means the rest of the time is going to be. No, but uh, that's the amount of money that you will never have to work again. So got you. You, you understand? I so got you can take out 3% p- to 4% of that money, and you're really just extracting the interest.
0: Okay. All right. Living off the interest. You're
1: living off so the interest. So I'm basically
0: creating my own endowment.
1: You're based, that's what we all are doing. You what know, we should be doing. That's what we all should be doing. That's what Social Security is. You're, you're paying into this big pot of money, and then you're pulling out your portion.
0: All right. Your endowment, except you don't have, with Social Security, access to the nut. That's right. So this is your own nut. This you're is your, your own, own Social nut. Se- and we should have our own back. So the question that you have to ask yourself is, how much money do I need to never have to work again? Mm-hmm. Then you have to ask yourself, how will I get that money? that I need. You were saying to me, people, everybody wants to be rich, or everybody wants to be a millionaire, but not many people know how to get there or know what it takes to get there. Well,
1: everybody wants a million dollars, but no one wants to make a million dollars. And so the difference there being labor and work And it takes money and it takes, I mean, it takes work and it takes habit and it takes consistency to be rich. It's hard work to be rich, period.
0: Even uh, because I do Tech Tuesday on the Karen Hunter show. But
1: not as hard as it seems. So it's not this long-term labor. Let me tell you,
0: um, and you're, 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 you're speaking to something because when you're in the trenches, when you're in it. You can't see, like I had a kid, a young person on, um, who has, she's on the stock market. Mm -hmm. She's on Wall Street. And I remember she came in with, brought one of her fellow co-workers, two black people, young, they're in their 20s. I think Lauren is 24 years old. And they were talking about, because they're making good money, six figures in their 20s. Right. And I was like, what are you doing with that money? And both of them said they are investing like 50 to 60% of their salary. They're living as if they were living before they started making this money.
1: And that's what they need to do. So they're
0: living literally off of like $40,000, $50,000. They're living off of the amount of money that a kid, normal kid their age would be making. And I thought how brilliant, like they are gonna be set for life. And they are. But to to deny yourself while you're building mm-hmm. is the hardest thing for some of us because you, most of us have the atti- attitude, I worked hard for this money I should enjoy myself the but weekend is here I, I should be able to do whatever I want I Should be able to shop I should I work I need to be able to show my work I need to be able to see where my money is going but the reality is most people don't even see where they're like you it's, don't see the money right. because it's just going right so so how do we get ourselves into a mind frame where I'm doing this for a period of time because I'm telling you I'm like coming to the other side of that now And I still have the mentality that I don't have anything. So I'm still in that mentality of lack.
1: That's a great mentality to have and keep because psychologists say that the more wealthy we allow ourselves to believe we are, the more money we spend, you know. And so you have to kind of trick yourself, you know, psychologically speaking, you have to trick yourself and keep yourself in a place, you know, because there's lifestyle creep. Mm -hmm. And all of those things work against you having a profit from your paycheck.
0: Like when we get a raise, we tend to put that raise not into the bank, but mm-hmm. into things right. that t- that aren't assets. Exactly. We sp- we spend to that level. Water seeps its own level. Um, I remember the automatic millionaire, David Bach. Um, one of the biggest things, you shared that book with me, it might've been a while ago, but I, I devoured that book and let me thank you for that because it was life changing because once I started putting things on automatic, meaning as soon as I get paid, things go directly into my investment account directly into my stock account directly into my bonds they come out automatically
1: mm-hmm. as if
0: they're bills i i don't even see the money right which is what those kids were telling me they're doing. I was like, these kids are brilliant. But I didn't do it in my 20s. <laughs> took right, me until right. my and 30s. And yeah.
1: most people won't, and most people haven't. And it's a tough place to get to. And those kids are very fortunate. But we can teach our kids now, and you know how I am with yeah. all the like, young people in my life. I'm like, what? And I'm sitting at tables till late at night opening accounts yeah, for them and explaining I, things to them.
0: That, that makes me smile. Um, I know there's one young person in your care right now that... Um, Man, if she does everything that you say, she's going to be a millionaire before she's 30. And Absolutely. I'm like smiling at that. Bec- yeah. And she's only making $10, 11 $12 an hour, yeah. which is the other thing. You know, people think I got to make a lot of money. Oh, Karen, what are you talking about? You, Chris Hogan, whatever, y'all, got, y'all make a lot of money. But no, 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 no. No. No, it's no. not the people who are making a lot of money that make a difference. It's the people who are investing and saving a lot of money. That you were telling ha- me about uh, the time you were making $10 an hour?
1: I remember I was making $10 an hour. I was in between jobs, but I refused to not work. So I didn't care. Nothing is beneath me as far as I'm concerned so that I can stay on the financial path that I've laid for myself.
0: Meaning you took a job beneath your education.
1: Yeah, that's right, because work shouldn't be beneath us, and then that's just my personal feeling. So I took the job, and um, it allowed me to pay my bills and not go into whatever little savings I had whatever little investments I had, and that's the place that you want to do. You want to stay consistent with your income, and you want to not have the tear down period. So I had the job, but the only thing is, I wasn't able to save at the level that I was saving. I was only able to save $25 a month, you know? Wanted to save more, a hell of a lot more, but you know what, I know it's important to just save you know, everything else will work itself out. Life will get better. If your hustle is real, you'll get that next job and you'll be able to add to that 25 and it'll become 150. It's
0: a trick of life that people don't know that, you know, we tend, when things are going bad, we we fold into ourselves Mm -hmm. and get depressed. Some of Mm -hmm. us and don't want to do anything, but it's in the constant motion where things happen. So even yeah. when it's the darkest, when it's the worst is when you need to get up and do something. Yep. If it's not just volunteer, but like you said, take that $10 an hour job. At I eight, took it. Nothing is beneath you nothing. when you're in a situation. Then when I
1: got the next job, which paid me a heck of a lot more money, I um I felt rich. And all it did was allow me to say, oh, shoot, now I can really save. And so I like tripled down on saving in every way I you know could. And so... It was just a time, things, everything in life is usually just a season.
0: Let's get back to why you put the 50 or the the 25 to 50 or whatever into the bonds. Why did you do bonds instead of putting it into a regular savings account or putting it into CDs or something? Well,
1: here's the, again, this is that psychology on myself. Not having a lot of money, I knew that if I put the money in a savings account, I would, I would need that money, because I was really kind of in need. Bills were tough and bigger than the money that I was making. Um, but I was getting by. We know how that is. And so I said, I need my money to be safe. I need the money to be above inflation, though, because you don't want your money to erode uh, through inflation. So the I-Bonds, the I in i bond stands for inflation protected. It stands for inflation. So that means that they make sure that the interest on the bond is above whatever the current inflation rate is. The bonds, because they are a U.S. government, they're not taxed at the state or federal level. So at the end of the year, I don't have to report the earnings on the bond. Um, And lastly, it's away from me, you know, so it's... At an institution it's online and not that it's hard to get the money out but it's a it's a it's chore. not just
0: as a matter it's of not a, a click ATM. right where you can just go get the money immediately
1: right it's not like that it's a so process yeah. I tend to like my accounts to be online especially where I have my emergency fund and you know accounts like that so yeah I did the i bond it was safe the interest level was great and um that was it. That was the perfect choice. And, and you know, no one wants to lose money, and at that level, you can't lose money, you right, know?
0: Right, right. All right, so the questions. First of all, what's my number? What? How much do I need to be financially secure or to never have to work again mm-hmm. or to be able to retire? How am I going to get there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And that could be only you can answer people listening, uh, get another job. Do I, you know, you know break down my expenses, sell a car, do do something to get to a place that I want to get to? Um, what do I need to do that? So you have to ask yourself these questions. And then I want to move into this road to financial freedom. We're talking with Tremel from the Godfrey Complex, and she's doing a, a workshop called I Am Wealthy, which is a blueprint to financial uh, freedom. And you can follow her
1: at tra- MC on Instagram.
0: Okay. And DM her. What your questions are, what have you, and she'll set up time for you. But you gave me this from a a blog that you were reading called Money Boss: The Road to Financial Freedom is what it's called. Stage zero, Mm -hmm. which I most people start at stage one. Nope, they start at stage zero, which is dependence, and that is a zero stage. Actually, that might be negative. Um, Stage zero: dependence. Your lifestyle depends on others for financial support. You're in this stage if your parents still give you money. If you're in the stage, if you spend more money than you earn, you're in the stage if your debt payments exceed your income. So you don't have to be a child living at home with your parents. You can nope. be an adult living at home with your children or mm-hmm. living with your children.
1: Or living with yourself, just alone in your apartment. Or depending
0: on the government.
1: Depending on the government, yep.
0: So how many of you are in the, the, the stage zero of dependence? Now, don't fret if you are here, but ask yourself, how am I going to get out? What do I need to get out? What am I willing to do to get out? Because mm-hmm. we shouldn't stay in these places, right? No. The goal is to get to stage six, which is abundance. That's the goal, or stage five, which is independence. I like abundance myself, but if you're in stage zero, don't fret, because many of us have been there.
1: All we of all us start have been there. there.
0: Yeah, we all do start there, um, and some of us have been at abundance and ended up back at dependence. Yeah. But we're we're gonna work on on getting through these stages. Stage zero. You have something to say about dependence?
1: Uh, No, I think that if you're in the dependent stage, that's a great place to build great habits. So if you're a child at home or if you're someone that's just down on their luck, and like I said, if you have that $10 an hour job, start saving. Start making it a habit. If you have to just save $5 a month, start with that habit, and it's just going to stick with you, and then it's going to grow, you know?
0: Okay. Stage one, solvency. In this stage, you can meet your financial commitments without outside help. You reach this stage when you begin earning a profit, when your income exceeds your expenses, you're using the surplus to repay debt and to meet immediate financial obligations. So in this stage, people should be doing what?
1: They should be paying down debt, getting rid of debt. You shouldn't have credit card debt carrying over month to month with interest indefinitely. You shouldn't have that. Um, Most people will say, well, if I'm in debt, do I just uh, pay off my debt or do I save? For me, I believe that I'm right. You never want to just pay off debt. You simultaneously want to build an emergency fund. You simultaneously want to invest. It's not all or nothing. I couldn't possibly feel good about just paying off my credit card debt.
0: Right, even though you know a lot of people feel like um, it was a funny thing that uh, actually Godfrey had on his Instagram, or somebody call, you know a credit card person I calling, saw that. And the guy was like, "You gave me this credit card. I spent it up to 3,000. You gave me 3,000 dollar limit. I spent it." So that's it. Thank you. That was my money. money What you want to, yeah, I was cracking up. But that's how some people think about it it's free money, but Mm. it's not free money. And yeah, you have to pay it back. But there is something depressing about paying off a credit card, especially as it, you know, you reach your limits and then the interest rate is so high Mm. that you're paying you see like you're paying 40 a 50 $100 on something that you didn't even get to buy anything. You just got to pay an extra 40 a 50 $100 on a
1: credit and card. And you haven't touched the bulk of the bill. Haven't touched anything. Right. And printable. so,
0: yeah. And so that can be crazy. So I like that you are also telling people at the same time, put some money aside, save your money, invest even while you're paying down That's your right,
1: credit when card. When I had credit card debt, um, I, I remember just paying it off, but I remember that, I was still saving and I was still investing at the same time. And then after a while, the credit card bill got low and low enough where I could actually just wipe it out one time. Take some of your savings and put it out. And it it was gone. But it's just psychologically, it just feels better that you're not just everything you have pounding it into a credit card Mm. that might be paid off in a year or two.
0: And the other thing I think, you know, um, ask yourself, do I have a budget? Do I have a balance sheet, meaning do I have a sheet that I look at every day with my expenses? Do I record my re- expenses every day up against my income? Your mm-hmm. income usually stays the same unless you're going to add to it with jobs, right? Mm-hmm. So you know you make maybe two, $3,000 a month. That's your income. Right. But how much do you spend? Do you even know how much you spend? And the only way to know that is if you write it down, right? You so, have to do
1: that at So time do, I- you,
0: do, do you write down your expenses, and if you don't, start. Right? And so that you can look at it. Because you may find out that you're bankrupt. You may find out that you actually spend more than you make every month, but you're able to play shenanigans because of how your paper comes in. But you're actually not ever going to be stable, have agency or security or independence or abundance if you don't get this solvency thing down, which means I'm making more than I'm spending. And so you gotta first know what you're spending, but also what's your plan. I know um, Chris Hogan and you guys, you actually challenged me to get out of credit card debt because it was a, you know, you can get comfortable in credit card debt.
1: Especially if you can pay it, right? Yeah, because I'm I'm making enough. I can pay my credit card. It's
0: no big deal, you know, and I was doing some crazy things with 0%. I was being, you know, a little creative, (laughs) you know, so I'm in my mind thinking, and then you were like, yeah, but what about the fees? Do the fees equal what you would what pay in interest? And I was like, hmm, I never calculated that. So I had to go back, and I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. They just did something shady here. It's not shady because it's, it's, it's in math, it. and it's in the, in the writing, but I didn't read it. So I'm like, oh, so I may be doing something with the 0%, but they hit me with this, with this uh, fee that's equal to what I would pay in interest. Let me get rid of this. So that's when I got, you know, g- got a plan. So I said, all right, in 12 months, I'm going to be debt-free, no mm-hmm. credit cards. But then I had to calculate the amount that I had and divide it by 12. Right. And that number was high. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, but I had to then say, where can I make a cut? Right. All right. I'm not eating out anymore. You know, so I was going to this restaurant that I love at least twice a week. I was like, no more of that, because this money's got to go to pay off this credit card. Sorry. Bye, y'all. So I know they miss me, but I had to not do that. (laughs) But I had to have a plan and stick to it, so I would write it down, and every month I would cross it off as I paid it off, and then December of last year, was it the year before last, zero. And it felt so good, but it was almost like I lost a limb, you know, but you still feel it, you know (laughs) what they say? And I was like, I I still felt like I was in debt, even though then I started taking that money that I would pay every month and put it in my bond account. Mm -hmm. But that was something that you got to have a plan for. So do you have a plan to get out of debt, people? Do you have a plan? What's your 12-month plan? Or maybe it's an 18-month plan, or maybe it's a 24-month plan, because maybe that monthly net would be too much for you, but you have to have a plan, right? That's
1: right. You have to. All
0: right. And the second stage, which is actually stage three, stage zero is dependence. Stage one is solvency. Stability is where we're going to end it today. Okay. So we're going to do another one. Um, instability, you no longer have consumer debt. You've repaid your credit cards, auto loans, and so on, and you... May still have some good debt, and they're saying college loans are good debt or mortgage is good debt, but you've eliminated other obligations and you've built a buffer of an emergency savings account to protect yourself from unfortunate events. How many people listening to us right now are in stability? How many of you are stable? And does that what does that do for you?
1: Well, stability just it kind of it's like a stress reliever, right? It also says that. God forbid if you lost your job that you're not you're not necessarily able to survive for two three years, but you're okay and you're probably going to survive finding that next job your credit's not going to suffer you're not going to you know be put out of your home your car is not going to be repossessed
0: you're not going to be in the food line like we saw when there was a government shutdown some people could not miss two paychecks
1: two weeks they were in the food line
0: yeah that's they weren't stable
1: they were not stable that is not they were barely solvent barely solvent
0: right so stability is you have an emergency fund how much is in your in not dollar amount but how much do you say people should put in an emergency fund
1: uh, some people say three months, but I say six months. I say you have to have six months and then move on to a year if you can. You and,
0: know? And, why, and what is that? How much is that? Is that that's, like your yeah, full? You,
1: yeah, you just need to whatever it takes for you to survive for the month. You know, so if your monthly nut is a full $3,000, then that's how much you need times six.
0: 18000 Okay. All right. So your homework, people. First of all, ask yourself some questions. Yeah. Am I where I want to be financially? Yep. If I'm not, how do I get there? What's my plan for getting there? And let's start building to that. Am I dependent? Meaning I need other people to give me money to make a make my ends meet? Am I solvent, which means I have just enough to pay my expenses and with a little bit left over? With credit card debt? With with consumer debt? Or am I stable? meaning I have no consumer debt. I may have a mortgage or a college loan, and I have a little bit of an emergency fund. If you're in these places, our goal is to be abundant or independent. After that is agency security. We're going to talk about these other four in another podcast, but this is a good start.
1: That's a great start.
0: And if people want to reach out to you again, you're doing an I Am Wealthy workshop for folk. If they want to reach you to, to be a part of that, what do they have to do?
1: Uh, That will be posted on the website because I'm going to be a part of a group or a team of people that are out just to make people's lives better, you know, whether we're talking health, money, whatever. I'm going to be a part of that. This is something that I just feel really passionate about. I want people to be empowered financially. And if
0: individuals aren't going to be, you know, following you there, they can always go to your Instagram page and sign up.
1: That's right. Uh, Tremel MC on Instagram. All right.
0: Well, thank you for being here. And let me thank uh, Harney, Harney Tees, Harney and Sons. Go to harney.com slash Karen. And I appreciate y'all. Till next week. We'll see you.